Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that almost worked. <laughs> we need to be more in sync. Oh, actually, I think I'm going to artificially sync that in post. There you go. The magic of post-production. So, Perfect. Oh, hello, Sunny. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, everyone. Welcome to Scary Talk episode 79. Can you believe it? That's I can't believe many. that. That's a lot. Be here anymore? <laughs> Ew. Let's give this podcast to someone else. We're we're tired. We're old. Like uh, time to pass it on to the next generation of scary talkers. Not like we're tired. I know, like we're tired, but just more like the concept of us is just tired. Like we oh get it. One of them Can is gay imagine? and funny. The other one's a genius. <laughs> You know what's funny though is that just based on listening to the podcast, I so doubt that is what you would get from. I don't even know what my persona would be. It would be like <laughs> the other one is like incoherent. <laughs> Some incoherent child that was brought on after the last one left or something. <laughs> Literally. They're like, is this Shannon's eight year old daughter? <laughs> I can't. Ah. Uh... Anyway, hi everyone. Episode 79. We got some spooks for you today, as always. But before that, Sunny, how are you doing? You know, I got a good night of sleep last night, and the people that I work with, you could say, <laughs> have really just gone above and beyond recently. I'm uh, enjoying work. I'm happy to be alive. I have a one week break coming up next week, and Ooh. I just, yeah, I cannot wait to do nothing and sit in my bed and refuse to go outside. Oh my god. And gosh, watch I'm all six Resident Evil films, am I okay. right? I'm sending those to you. I have the DVDs. <laughs> I'll really leave that one to you, Andre. I'm gonna find a different Ultra Camp bad series to binge my time on. Um, so uh, how are you, Andre? I'm good. And speaking of alternatives to see can I just talk about this for a second? Um mm. there are like full on studio houses that make mockbusters that make films that are meant to look exactly like a big blockbuster that comes out that year but way cheaper and they're kind of meant to fool moms who are trying to buy their sons like the new transformers movie but instead they end up okay i was at the dollar tree the other day the dollar tree you know i low-key stand the oh the craft section such a good craft section i love crafts anyway i was at the dollar tree the other day and they have this dvd bin right and me being a movie aficionado i approached the bin and i found some like okay movies that were like old from like actual big studios okay but the rest of them were all from these mockbuster studios and i dead ass found a movie have you seen bumblebee bumblebee with Haley yes Steinfeld? yes i okay. have girl <laughs> that already is a mockbuster it does not need there was a dvd with Bumblebee, basically, a Bumblebee ripoff on the cover of it called Hornet. <laughs> I can't. I can't. And How I was is that like, real? You have to buy it and see what's on it, though. The I, thing I, is. I, I should have bought it. I kind of regret not having done so. Like, deadass, they were like, yeah, like, we'll just, Hornet. Like, that works, right? We can just call it that. Like... Oh my god, I can't believe that's real though. Now I just want to know what's on it. That's so funny. I, uh, I, you know what? I might just like look up the plot, but I'll tell you about it later. But listen, so there was Hornet. Um, there was also Titanic 2, which in case you haven't seen. <laughs> I actually I actually did read the plot of this one. Titanic 2, it, no, Jack's ghost doesn't come back, but it's like 100 years later. It's made by one of, by one of these like cheap studio houses. Um... Mm -hmm. 
uh, 100 years later, a, a ship called Titanic 2 tries to sail again, and ah, oh, what's Shut your guess? Up. Ed Shut sinks. Up. That's so funny. Oh my god. Like, I can't. I Dude, need a I'm Titanic trilogy. Dude, that's just trying to envision, like, when you watch it, is it just, like, a low-budget, like, shaky camera, someone ch- chasing someone else, like, around a beach, and they're like, look, it's the Titanic 2. <laughs> Basically. It's not even, it's not even shaky, like, I've seen, I've seen Mugbusters. It's not even shaky camera. It's more, mm. like, cheap camera, even if it's good camera work, and really cheap CGI. So I can't, mm. I, I can't wait to see Hornet, because that's a very CGI-heavy movie, I'm sure. And so it's yeah. all gonna look like, like, Every character is gonna be made up of like sixteen polygons, and that's it. Like it's gonna be like it's like Mario sixty four, like Nintendo sixty four realness. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's so what they're funny. gonna be serving. Wow, someone should make a documentary about mockbusters. I feel like that'd be really funny to be behind the scenes of one of those. Like, what is the life of someone who makes mockbusters? That's such a not, funny thing. Mm. Not even that. What's the life of the actors that act in those movies? Because yeah. I'm sure they all go to LA with the hopes and dreams of becoming like an A-lister, but they end up being a what? D-lister? No, exactly. Like, what is this? And then you're forced to admit that like your your life's work is going towards deceiving moms and Dollar Tree. I know. You know what the worst part? Okay, also, I wanted to point out, this This didn't just come out. Monkbusters are done quick, and that just speaks to how cheap they are. My movie came out in 2018. Hornet also came out in 2018, just a couple months later. If anything, I feel like sometimes they get the script the scripts from someone some from some insider before the movie's even released and they're like okay well let's like like let's let's copy their homework but make it seem like we didn't and then and like they make the movie it it, it kind of come out almost at the same time it's insane oh my god um, i'm trying to imagine too someone like has a copy of the script and they just make a post on craigslist bumblebee <laughs> script two hundred dollars Oh my god, speaking of leaked scripts, so recently I went to see a movie, uh, yesterday actually, I went to see in- Yes, so you can see movies now, that also I just want to celebrate, because we have been, (laughs) we I say, I just feel like I've heard you so excited about this for a long time. Yeah, okay, no, no, actually, those are two different things. So I want to talk in a second about the fact that my local movie theater has reopened, and I'm actually going to be going to a movie later today. I'm really excited, with precaution, of course, and my mask. However, what I was actually talking about was that yesterday I went to a movie theater that is not my local theater at all. It's kind of far out, but I needed to go there because there is a secret screening of a movie happening. And I can't tell you what it is because I signed an NDA dead ass. Really? Um, Yeah. (laughs) But what I can tell you is that yesterday I watched a major studio release that isn't coming out until a while mid next year that is very very big I, they, I was not told what i was watching until it was about to start by one of the producers you're kidding and me i'm not kidding i am not kidding when i say major i mean major and again i can't say what it is um but wow. it was good and um it, it, it was we were the first audience in the world to see this uh the producer told us that and also it was pretty evident by watching the film because some of the cgi was unfinished <laughs> and this is a major studio film and Whoa. so Oh, Andre, you best know in like a year I'm going to be checking in about this again. This is the same <laughs> as the other story that you told me where I like could not tell anyone about it. And then, yeah, okay, okay. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have so many classified stories, Andre. Wait, 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 wait. What, what, what are you talking about? What was that? The other story involves a celebrity whose last name oh! starts with A. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, Correct. Jennifer Aniston. Listen, all I can say, all I can say is I'm kind of like, uh, I'm kind of like, 
the the, the equivalent of a, a, a B-list actor when it comes to Hollywood insiders. I'm a B-list insider. That's all. I'm, that's all I can say. <laughs> like I low-key kind of get into these things that are like very much sometimes film or celebrity related that are just kind of dope and kind of just come my way. And sometimes I look for them, sometimes I don't, and they just kind of happen. And basically, I'm better than everyone, I and I'm low-key famous. I hate you like, so much. <laughs> <laughs> you're no. you know who you are right now you're like i was literally supposed to be in the video <laughs> oh my god that's that. me that's i'm that tiktok like oh my god no oh my god oh, i yeah have you seen that tiktok of like they use that audio and it's like some other peach and they're talking about the peach that timothy shaman like shaman's yes! boyfriend yes! fucked and yes! call me by your name <laughs> so funny so funny <laughs> anyway no um yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the reality is um, the tickets for that actually weren't, like, super hard to get. There are, like, sites out there that will, like, they, they, they recruit people for screenings of movies because, you know, all movies require test audiences. Um, well, or I should say applying for the tickets wasn't hard to get. But there's always wait lists for, wait lists for these things because obviously everyone wants to do that. Um, so what I did get lucky on was actually getting the ticket itself. But I mean, applying Dang, is pretty yeah. easy. You know, it's yeah. really surprising that they test audiences in like Pawtucket, Wyoming, where you live. That's like really weird. Uh, yeah, so you it's think insane. They test audiences, right? Like in some big metropolitan area or something. I know. I know. I know. But you know, I mean, me and my chickens are happy to be invited to anything, to be frank. So I loved it. Um, I actually did like what what I ended up watching. I took my brother with me. He was very glad that I took him. Um, and mm. uh, we were actually given um, a survey at the end. And by the by, how detailed the survey was, I assume that, especially because some like some of the movie isn't really finished, that they probably do have time and will use the surveys to possibly make changes to the film so, so i can <laughs> i'm gonna definitely watch this film when it actually comes out and i am i am <laughs> gonna be surprised if they make uh, it's gonna be super cool if they end up making changes based on what we said like that's awesome wait yeah that's awesome um yeah <laughs> when you go to watch it next year you should take me i'm good wow yeah, and I said some pretty specific things in my survey that, I, I mean, they're really, really specific. So if those end up being changed, I'll be like, oh my god, I changed the film. <laughs> like, dead ass. So, I mean, yeah, reshoots happening all the time. For all we know, they could take that info and maybe reshoot some shit to make audiences like the movie more. I mean, we That's were a really test cool. audience after all. Yeah, so, you should have said, like, wow, you know, the CGI looks kind of bad. That should have been your only comment. <laughs> Where did the budget go on this? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, anyway, so, but yeah, my movie, my local movie theater reopened. Excited about that. Uh, shoot, I thought it was never going to happen. I was kind of surprised when I saw it. Just online, I was checking last night, like, something random, and I just came across that. I was like, what? Why well, did no one tell me? Um, so, uh, yeah, my local Kentucky theater has reopened. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'm fine. Thanks for asking. We are talking about <laughs> new, <laughs> the new world order. That's what we are talking about. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Let, let, let's get spooky. Let's get into this. So um, for those of you who don't know, Sunny, what's up with the new world order? <clears throat> give us some background. Okay. I can give us some background. Um, before I give background, though, do you mind if I tie up some things from last week? Um, oh, please. With the yes, CIA? Yes, yes. Okay. So basically, I ended up on this 
ultra tangent rabbit hole of sketchy things the CIA has done that they have now released official documentation showing, oh wow, the CIA really did cover that up. So I did some research and went down this rabbit hole about sketchy released CIA documents that show some of the terrible things that they've done. And I'm just gonna go for it. And it's been happening for a long time. There's some older ones and some newer ones. But one of the older ones is the yeah, happened during the Vietnam War, which if you remember was in the late 60s. Yeah. And Spill the tea, the, queen. Get us killed. I mean, okay, so it's the, it's the My Lai Massacre. So the My Lai Massacre was a mass murder of unarmed Vietnamese civilians by U.S. troops. And it happened on March 16, 1968. Now, somewhere between 340 and 500 people who were unarmed were killed by U.S. soldiers. They don't even know the exact number. Um, wow. <clears throat> yeah, and victims... Victims of the massacre included men, women, children, and infants. Um, some women were gang raped, and their bodies were mutilated. And uh, ooh, and were and some of them, some of the folks who were raped were also children as young as twelve. So basically, the CIA had this uh, documented, and then did nothing about it, and actually covered up the document. And when it was leaked, um, twenty-six soldiers were charged with criminal offenses but only the platoon leader was convicted. Only one person out of 26. So he okay. was found guilty. Mm. <laughs> Wait, you know what's insane to me about this? Like, if the CIA goes to such, like, I mean, like, they go, they must go through some trouble to, like, cover these things. Why fucking document them in the first place then? Like, no, I mean, exactly. maybe, I mean, maybe they have to for intelligence purposes. Like, uh, maybe you kind of have to document what, you did wrong to know how to hide it maybe it's something like that but it just seems to me that like if they really wanted to cover this up they would just not document something like that like a war crime you know well no the um, thing i think that what that tells us is that there are probably they probably documented it knowing that it would be covered up right like otherwise okay. i think they would have tried to avoid it more so the odds are that they just had to document like everything they did and it's like, well, we can't just say that for three days we were dicking around in my life, so we're just gonna have to tell them that we like killed a bunch of people. And they probably gave some kind of justification, like uh, we weren't sure if they were, you know, disguised informants or something. I don't know. I would actually have yeah. to look through more. But um Yeah, and it was so it was documented and then and then covered up, which is I'm yeah, just totally unthinkable so only one person was convicted and he was originally given a life sentence for killing 22 22 people um but he actually only served three and a half years under house arrest so mm. yeah so we have hundreds hundreds of people um killed raped etc and one person convicted who's on house arrest for three years so um cool yeah and i mean Actually, this is, I took a, a Korean War class um, this spring where we did a lot of reading on things that would happen during the Korean War, which was in the early 50s, so like about 15 or 20 years before this. Um, and just, you run, into, you run into very similar stuff that happens. Um, the really sad thing about war is that it's legal killing, right? It's the only time when killing is legal, is when you're in a uniform and you kill someone else who's in a uniform. But then you'll have people who disguise themselves as civilians, right? And then you start to get into these weird gray areas of people. Um, also, you know, you have ultra-traumatized soldiers um, killing when they shouldn't be. And it's not properly prosecuted because you're in the middle of a war. And it's so... 
I mean, that almost humanizes it, which I'm not trying to do is the thing. It's just so disgusting um, mm -hmm. and completely awful. Um, yeah, so this was covered up by the CIA. Um, thanks, CIA. I'm going to say not my CIA. Uh, <laughs> cool. And so, that was, so that's just one example. And then I have two more things. Okay, this, was this document eventually uncovered by them or leaked? I'm pretty sure it was leaked. Let me see. I would here. think so. There's no fucking way they would, they would disclose these the way they disclose, for example, the ones about what was it, astral projection or something like that. Like, I feel yeah, this is heavy. yeah, no, exactly. Um, I think it was leaked and publicized through, um, through the media. Was it the WikiLeaks um <laughs> situation? Um, Maybe. I mean, I think so. It says the American News Sheet and Trident. Uh, no idea, but I bet it was leaked. Yeah, I would be willing to bet it was leaked. And then there was an investigation, but it still doesn't look like... Oh, oh, oh. And it looks like in the accompanying investigation after the leak, more people were charged with crimes. And of 203 who were charged with crimes, 23 were convicted. We can only hope that they got proper time because it's not listed here. Yeah, I'm realizing the importance of the media as we go over some of this stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in, in what sense? What do you Just mean? Just that um, I always remember reading when we would talk about the U.S. political system, how the media was important as like a watchdog. But I never uh -huh. realized, you know, seeing it now, it makes a lot more sense. It's like, oh, wow, this stuff wouldn't have been uncovered unless X next reporter had published it in the New York Times or whatever, you know? Um, I mean, true. But also, I feel like sometimes... If anything, the media helps hide things. Maybe, maybe sometimes almost unbeknownst to them, but I don't think so. Like I think sometimes they they will willingly highlight some things over others as that means to cover up something else. So totally, totally. Well, that's I the mean, terrible thing when you have media that has a certain agenda too. Um, right. Which is true. I mean, that's the thing. It's true of all news sources. I would say that there's some kind of um, like belief system in place behind it. But you would just mm -hmm. hope that if enough media sources are getting their hands on information, that at least one of them would find reason to publish it if it's something important like this. The other day I was actually looking up, like, what's the least biased news organization? And uh, Reuters seemed to rank very high in a lot of lists. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's where I'm getting my news now. Speaking of news, Trump has COVID. Um, yes. Dude. <laughs> dude. Um, so people, by the way, think that that's a cover-up for the new Melania audio that leaked. I don't know if you listened to it. <laughs> oh, no. What's the new Melania audio? <laughs> it's basically an audio from summer 2018, um, or no, October 2018, of her. Um, there's an ex-friend of hers that leaked it. She had phone conversations with Melania, and now they're no longer friends, and I guess she leaked the conversations. <laughs> Shitty friends. And one of the audios was Melania saying, like... Um, you know, they want me to focus on the Christmas decorations. and But who cares about Christmas? Who gives a fuck about Christmas? But then I do the decorations and then they tell me... Uh, by the way, I'm sorry for my terrible um, Slovakian accent. But um, I think she's Slovenian, actually. Oopsie. And she says, uh, and I do the Christmas decorations. But then they tell me, well, what about the children in cages? Oh, please give me a fucking break. It's crazy how, like, sh like 
she sounds in that audio just like the lady who impersonated her in like the late show with like Stephen Colbert. I think her name is Laura Benanti. She's a comedian. She sounds just like You're that. Like, but Laura Benanti doesn't sound like Melania. Melania sounds like Laura Benanti. I know it's just crazy because like in the sketches that she would do about Melania, she would say things like that, like "Oh, give me a break." It's just really mm. funny that that's actually how Melania talks. Because I'm pretty sure that is Melania Trump on the tape, and um. Yeah, she basically saying like they wanted me to do the decorations, but when I do the decorations, they tell me that I'm not focusing on important things like the children in cages at eyes that need to be reunited with their families. But it's like, give me a break. Which one do you want me to do? There's also the media things that I agree with my husband or that I support them, that I don't tell him enough things to change his mind. But I can't change his mind, and I'm like, I I, I understand. I bet you can't. So totally. That that's the audio. <laughs> it's kind of insane. Yeah. Honestly, on the one hand, I'm a big, you know, based on our, based on the way we met Andre, I'm a big <laughs> fan of knowing when information is rightfully seized or not, right? Like this is、yeah. a conversation that was like a personal vent, which is why it、uh-huh. kind of sucks、um, mm-hmm. that it that it was leaked. That said, and I get that she's under a lot of media pressure and why that would suck. That said, though. Girl, you're the one who chose to marry him. <laughs> like... True, but then to that I rebut. She just wanted a sugar daddy. She she never wanted to like go to the White House and like de- deal with this mess. That's so... true. I honestly feel like she should have just gone for a divorce and tried to get what she could once he was president, so that she could live her life with Baron. I just I I don't think she realized how kind of. Oh, encaged. No pun intended. Her life would be in the White House, and I,、mm. I. So I think when when she was first helping her husband run, she was like, "Ah,、oh, I guess this is just like a thing." And I think she might have, honestly, she might have even thought he was never going to win, and 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 they were just doing it for publicity, you know, which just means you know more money and more luxury for her. And then they、totally. won, and her whole world came crumbling down. I bet because I I. From what I hear, she hates having to live in the White House, like a prison. Totally. So also with their co- so both Melania and Trump were diagnosed with COVID, but their young son Baron was not, and I find that so sad. Like, is Baron、I、getting、know. enough hugs? You know, is he like, is he just with the nanny twenty four seven? Is that is that what's going on? I mean,、on? I think he already was. So honestly,、yeah. I'd say poor kid. And maybe kid, that will be probably... better than him than dealing with his actual parents, to be honest. So. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, from what I hear, I love that. Now, this is just the podcast. Now, from what I hear, like Melania very much loves his son. It's more that like Trump is very much a a distant father. Who would have thunk? But、um, <laughs> really? but I mean, yeah, whatever. So, that's some family separation. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, if you don't believe that, that's Tiffany Trump about, about that. Um. Ah. <laughs>、uh, anyway, where were we? Ah, <laughs>、uh, CIA terrible things. Okay, I just have、yeah. two more things that I can try and speed through before we do the New World Order. Um, but the CIA,、um, CIA tried to do an experiment where they would convert ki-、uh, dog—not、uh, dogs, sorry—cats into、uh, spies, <laughs> so that they could spy on Russia. This is in the '60s, and they called it Project Acoustic Kitty.、Uh, spoiler alert: Cats do not train well enough for that, and it failed.、Um, <laughs> this is what your taxpayer dollars are going to, by the way. <laughs> Project Acoustic Kitty. <laughs> Um, ooh, but some of this is actually pretty, pretty ugly. So, in one case, they slid a cat open to put batteries inside them and wired them up,、um, making what, what the person who's testifying about this calls a monstrosity.、Um, definitely some some kitty rights problems here.、Uh, 
um, beyond just how funny it is that they tried to do that. But yeah, so I just thought that was um, funny and terrible that they would do that. And the craziest one, well, not the craziest one, but another terrible, terrible one is Project Northwoods. So in an official, um, in an official like document that was basically making making recommend, recommendations to the administration in the 80s um, to JFK. It said, hey, we're having these issues with Cuba. Here's some options. And, and option three okay. says a, quote, remember the main incident could be arranged in several forms, colon. So they say, basically, we could do some kind of fake terrorism. And they give several options. So, or sorry, they give two main options here. A, we could blow up a U.S. ship in Guantanamo Bay and blame Cuba. B, we could blow up a drone. This is me reading off of the original CIA report, by the way. Their exact words. B, we could blow up a drone, unmanned vessel, anywhere in the Cuban waters. We could arrange to cause such incident in the vicinity of Havana or Santiago as a spectacular result of Cuban attack from the air or sea or both. Um, the presence of Cuban planes or ships merely investigating the intent of the vessel could be used as fairly compelling evidence that the ship was taken under attack. They're literally saying, okay, so Cuba's gonna send out these, like, innocent ships just to see what's going on, and we're gonna say that they were attacking. And the U.S. Wow. could follow up, yeah, this is the, the other quote from them, the U.S. could follow up with an air-sea rescue operation covered by U.S. fighters to quote-unquote evacuate, they literally put in quotes evacuate, remaining members of the non-existent crew. Casualty lists and U.S. No newspapers would cause a helpful wave of national indignation. This is all written in an official document recommended to admin by, uh, by the CIA. So that's their... I cannot believe that. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Like... Wow. Damn, dude. Yeah. Luckily, it was JFK at the time, so he rejected it. But you can see how another a president, <coughs> I don't know who that would be, um, might might take this kind of a recommendation depending on what they wanted to do. So Right. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> the deeper we get into these release documents, the more I understand why conspiracy theories exist. Because holy <laughs> shit is our government yeah. sketchy. Precisely. So, speaking of, I mean, an even, an even kind of higher level conspiracy theory, give me some background on New World Order. Yes, okay, so getting into our actual point, thank you for giving me, <laughs> thank you for all that, y'all, that was crazy. So, New World Order, 1966, a woman named Mary Davison publishes uh, a book called The Profound Revolution, which is um, sort of like the basis manifesto for what the New World Order is. So, she talks about how the New World Order is a society that hides in plain sight, and real-life institutions, such as the Federal Reserve, the Council on Foreign Relations, and the U.S. government, sort of operate together as fronts for an international banker uh, shadow establishment, basically like a secret society that's kind of operating these things, thinking like, you know, puppet-type deal. Um, and that essentially, they're all communist infiltrators who are eventually looking slowly to spread their tendrils and take over the world for a new globalist establishment that is most likely socialist or communist. Um, and it's also sort of um, paired with other, there are other books that are listed here, None Dare Call It Treason, The Red Fog Over America, and Pawns in the Game, which are other books released in the 60s talking about how, um, talking about communist infiltration. Um, and also the possibility of a World War III. So then in 1971, 
again, there's a big red scare, right? So a lot comes together and um, essentially there's more talk about how organizations like the Council on Foreign Relations might be actually um, led by some kind of invisible global power elite. And this is released in another book called None Dare Call It Conspiracy. So basically there's some books like setting the stage for this. Um, there's a couple more listed here. The Turner Diaries in 1978, A Perfect Name for Your Pet in 1983, and then, this is a big one, in 1991, President George H.W. Bush gives a speech to Congress detailing the possibilities for global cooperation and internationalism in the post-Cold War world. He includes this quote, We can see a new world coming into view, a world in which there is the very real prospect of a... New World Order. <laughs> oh! Yep, yep. And Bush's words basically become the catalyst for what we hear now as the New World Order theory, um, in that they're finally beginning to take their plans into the public a little bit in the form of sort of globalist theory in order for in order to advance their aims of globalization and like a sort of world, a new world order. <laughs> Right. Um, believe it or not. <laughs> and um, So this continues. Um, in 1993, Bill Clinton signs what's called the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act, um, which is a gun control act, and a lot of folks start to talk about how gun control is a step towards uh, a one-world government. And basically there are more and more um, developments and connections being made between the Illuminati, uh, Freemasons, and even some organizations that date back to the 1700s, uh, like the Roundtable Order, which I've sort of looked into a little bit more. Um, oh, well, sorry, the Roundtable Order is from the 1900s, but Freemasons okay. are, go way back. And basically lots of different organizations that have been operating sort of independently, some of them more conspiratorial than others, um, such as the Illuminati, which is like, you know, debated as whether it's real or not. Um, mm -hmm. All coming together be and behind this grand scheme essentially um yeah so that's i mean that's cool. my that's my summary yeah <laughs> i love that <laughs> <laughs> um that's lit so basically there's like a secretly emerging totalitarian world government that we need to look out for uh that's yeah awesome. so you know if we were worried enough about mirrors that have been used for secret rituals Fear not, because our very government is rising to to put us in in chains and uh, do the same to the whole world. So honestly, yeah. though, if Jeff Bezos wanted to right now with his money, couldn't he? <laughs> honestly, I mean, yeah, because I'd be like, just pay me and I'll do whatever. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to put me in chains? Sure, dude. That'll be a million dollars. Like, do him. That's chump change. And I'll be like, sure. You got it. He'd be like, um, here's the equivalent of ten dollars. Buy something nice for yourself. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, thank you for that, Sonny. Um. Uh, as far as secret groups and secret organizations that meet in secret and secret places, <laughs> I have a very secret one to talk about, and that is the Bilderberg Group. So the Bilderberg Group, or technically the Bilderberg Meeting is really what it is, is a meeting of people. It's an annual conference that was established in 1954, allegedly to foster dialogue between Europe and North America for peace purposes. Um, the group's agenda 
basically is to prevent another world war and they've been meeting every year since 50s to ensure this outcome um uh, however um in more modern times well originally that was their intent now it's a lot more about kind of building a consensus around free market western capitalism because you know europe and north america both participate in that kind of system and since they're not really concerned about a third world war now the purpose of the meeting is a lot more about well how can we keep capitalistic interests around the globe you know safe and healthy <clears throat> and they basically meet every year to discuss that which, you know it's all great and dandy and whatever who cares however it's the fact that no transcripts absolutely anything about these meetings and nothing is released to the public that is really sketchy because these are really really big people heads of state huge um corporation owners that meet and i don't know like in any other time <clears throat> any other time when a head of state does anything kind of grand or has some kind of meeting some piece of information about that is released to the public via a transcript or a press release or something but these meetings are completely secretive the um, like Okay, from what I understand, the purpose of keeping these meetings so secret is to contribute to, uh, like, candid debate while maintaining privacy. Like, basically, according to the rules of the meeting, the attendees are entitled to use information gained at the meetings, but they can't attribute that information to any one speaker. And so this, like, you know, keeps privacy while, like, still kind of encouraging debate. But this is precisely what feeds the conspiracy theories about what exactly happens in that place. Because even if information does end up coming out, no one actually knows who said it. And if you can't attribute a piece of information to someone that seems kind of kind of like a sketchy piece of information, then it's like, you know, you're missing out on what that very powerful person's intentions could be. So, for example, if something mm -hmm. from the Bilderberg meeting leaks that it's like someone at the meeting said that there's a big war coming like wouldn't you like to know which one of the 12 presidents sitting there said that about their own country like <laughs> yeah. um it's kind of it's kind of weird like they find some way where like even if information is leaked like i don't know like like no it's not attributed to any one person like i don't know how that would work but that's a thing so that's very interesting I wonder, too, if it could be caused by economic interests, where they're talking about, you know how it's, like, supposed to be illegal if, to, to like, know maybe that a certain stock is going to drop before it does? Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's basically the conspiracy theory around um, the Bilderberg group, which is that, um, I mean, I mean, just use common sense people theorize that the elites that meet there which is a lot of heads of state and powerful diplomats and rich people that own corporations uh, meet there for really more their own personal nefarious benefit rather than any actual like diplomatic free market western capitalism trying to keep the peace bullshit and so that's spooky enough on its own because it's well it's, it's just like oh that's corrupt and awful however the theory kind of elevates when you start talking about what some people believe which is that they don't just do that they don't just um personally like benefit themselves as far as like i don't know like stocks money transfers deals shit like that but more like they meet to actually plot how they're going to take over the world in this kind of totalitarian authoritarian manner through a new world order they meet to discuss basically the plot line like how 
the, the blueprint of how they're going to take over the world, which is, you know, a big claim. Um, how but... long are these meetings? Is it like, yeah, let's, oh, let's, it's, ha- it's, let's have an hour long <laughs> check in. <laughs> how's sure how's taking couple, over the world? It's going? a couple days at a time. Um, oh, so that's why. That is wild. Yeah. That's like really intense. Right. And nothing comes out of there. It's like a sealed fucking box. And so it's kind of weird, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, the thing is that like, no no actual information comes out from these meetings that would make people think that it's just the fact that they happen and that they happen for the amount of time that they happen and that they happen every year and that they happen with such powerful people that makes people draw that conclusion and honestly i mean i don't think it's a far out conclusion oh totally Um, i mean here's the thing are you gonna get a bunch of scummy million slash billionaires and i say scummy because i'm sorry but you have to be scummy to get that wealthy are you gonna get them all to sit in one room together for two days i seriously doubt that they enjoy one another's company when their intention (laughs) is to keep world peace um here's my thought no i feel like at the (laughs) least there's some kind of like economic interest there for them and at worst this is interesting new world order they want to take over the world Mm. This is why we have to eat the rich before they can do it, y'all. Eat the rich. Eat the rich. Eat the uh, rich. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, welcome all to Communist Talk, episode one. Um, no. Um, who are we kidding? Episode <laughs> episode 79. <laughs> in, in, in our deepest of hearts. No, listen. So kind of in that vein i also wanted to touch on a slightly different but very much related subject which is the deep state and this all i i know this is kind of a convoluted episode but trust us peeps this all falls under the new world order conspiracy theory the bilderberg meeting the deep state um some of the shit that even sunny touched on with the leaked cia documents is related so it's just it's basically basically kind of the um the idea here is that there are underground forces at play that are trying to solidify their ulterior motives through nefarious avenues to take over the world and fuck us all over. <laughs> That's basically the, what this episode is kind of kind of painting. So as far as the deep state, the deep state is, uh, or if you've ever heard the term like state within a state, that's also what this means. It's basically a type of government that's made up of networks of power that operate independently of actual like nations, like government, like their political leadership. Um, and, and this, you know, deep government within the actual government pursues its own agenda and goals and sometimes is, from what I understand, is, um, is alleged to influence the actual operating government so that they operate in the secret government's advantage so and and, okay here's what's funny i knew about this term like five years ago but since like like in a couple a couple years ago i remember trump talking about the deep state and like one of his rallies and i'm like i cannot believe (laughs) that he's talking about this both because it's like it's so wild to like see a president talk about this Mm -hmm. but also because i thought it was kind of an obscure conspiracy theory but honestly if there was one place where this would be happening it would obviously be duh at you know a government level and if he's the president he he would be the person to know (laughs) if there's a deep state in the u.s so it's just kind of insane like he literally said the deep state is trying to x and y and z and so 
Like, he's saying it's real, so this is not really, like, a conspiracy theory, I guess, but, like, mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of insane. Um, I mean, I, I mean... The thing is, though, that Trump has definitely not been honest about a lot of stuff, so I don't know if that's him, like, riling people up or, like, revealing deep state secrets. I don't know, but that is interesting. I mean, listen, I don't know that... I mean, yeah, is he a pathological liar? Yeah, but I can trust him. So I'm going to say that the deep state is real. And uh, no, I mean, it's funny because... I mean, it probably isn't because the way he painted it was... The way the actual conspiracy theories about this paint the deep state is that it very much holds a lot of power because of the people who are within it. It holds a lot of power to control the operating government, the operating heads of state, the presidents, the, you know, the Senate, the whatever, and, and they kind of treat them as puppets. And so that's that's kind of how the conspiracy has existed for decades about a deep, what a deep state is. The way Trump described it is almost as like an adversarial like entity that is just as powerful as him and is kind of trying to derail him with these like I don't know like swashbuckling shenanigans which sounds kind of almost adventurous and that's really not how the conspiracy actually goes right. He made it sound like oh they're trying to stop me from doing this but ah uh, I'm smarter than them. I'm one step ahead of them and when you actually look at like actual like conspiracy theories about deep states that have existed in like the Soviet Union or China like it's not like that it's not adversarial mm. it's not equal it's very much the deep state has you in their grasp and you're a fucking puppet so interesting maybe so if it there doesn't were actually exist state, here. he wouldn't even know about it Preci one precisely unless unless I mean it was the kind of puppetry where unless uh, oh yeah you're you're you know you're a puppet and you're just forced to not say anything about it but i mean yeah but yeah but some puppet governments don't actually don't know they are puppet governments according to some deep state conspiracy theories that's really interesting so it could be but i mean if that were the case then i feel like he would know he couldn't speak about it but um right it could be that trump is part of the new world order big billionaire who has been leading deep state up until now and that is how he became president <laughs> no way that's just that's absolutely just like no way having fun no. at that point i mean i don't believe that at all no. but he's not that um... smart no <laughs> no no i mean he he's definitely he definitely you know how there's like what like seven different types of intelligence he definitely has like very high like intrapersonal intelligence like the guy knows yeah. how to rail people up and i was about to have... say uh communication yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, well, I, I mean, I do know I, he's not very analytical. <laughs> he's not very. There's just no way what you said is true, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not that kind of smart. So uh, Jeff Bezos, though. Oh, for sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he's at these meetings, you know, because there's more than one type. There's the builder break meetings, but there's also something I might or might not have time to talk about, which is the Bohemian Grove, um, like get together, which is another one of these like elites get together. But in this case, it's at a campground in like the Redwood Forest for a weekend. And they like do ritualistic shit that has been leaked to the public. Ooh. So we know they actually do it, but it was supposed to be a secret. So there's Mid a bunch of these meetings. Only. Yeah, so I'm sure Jeff Bezos is attending all of these, and he's like, oh, well, how can I make 200 more billion? I'm poor. So, anyway. But Trump, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think mm. he's too busy, like, <laughs> like I don't know, like, eating, what is it? Like, four cheeseburgers a day? What was it? Oh I'm pretty, there was, like, a document that leaked that was, like, the person eats four cheeseburgers a day and, like, two Diet Cokes. So, um, anyway, <laughs> that's the deep state. Um, I... I don't think there's a deep state in the U.S. And here's why. Because Trump uttered the words deep state out loud. That's why. <laughs> mm. um, 
I think in an actual deep state, everything is so tightly controlled. There's just no way that would happen. There's just no way someone like him would even rise to power because he's not easily manageable. That that man is far too volatile. So yeah. I, I think I, I think, think that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a deep state here. But I think I mean <laughs> I mean I'm not saying deep states are good. I'm definitely not saying that. But I'm saying I guess the one downside of not having one is that everything isn't tightly controlled and it's all kind of just chaotic and out in the wind and people that are very volatile can come to power. Yeah. Which you know, it's great that dem- democracy still exists in the US, you know, kind of debatable, yeah. yeah. But the uh, the downside of that is this. So Yeah, and it's also interesting um I sat in on like a, uh, I guess like a foreign foreign relations, I, don't, I guess you call it international studies. I sat in on an international studies class one time. There's a whole story behind this. It was being held for middle schoolers, but it was being held by a really, really incredible PhD student um, because I worked for this expensive education company. And he was talking about government and democracy. And he was like, well, you have India and China, both huge populations, developing nations, and India has essentially uh, focused on trying to do democracy, right? They've had elections and everything. China has completely swept that to the side and has a totalitarian government or like at least led by one person slash group, very clear direction. And he was like, here's the thing, right? China, because they have very, very clear direction and specific goals and they don't have to argue and come to compromises to figure out what they're going to do before they do it, has made a ton of economic progress. Um, that said, though, they're also doing really sketchy things. We all know there's human rights violations there. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. India is um, doing things the good old-fashioned way of democracy, but it's taking them a lot longer to develop ec- economically. And he was kind of talking about, like, you can argue both ways. You could argue that China's is more ethical because they've lifted literally a billion people out of poverty over the course of 30 years with their economic development. Um, versus with India, like, they haven't developed this quickly, and that means, like, you know, less food for more people, essentially. Um, really, really interesting argument. But basically, the U.S. as a democratic country just deals with every four years you take on a different direction, you know? And it's really hard to say, like, okay, we want an education system, for example, that, um, that does X next thing, and then after four years of you trying to do X next thing, there's new leadership, and you've got to turn it around. And, but you see, yeah. the, the problem isn't democracy. The problem is the specific way that the U.S. alone, specifically this one country, mm. employs it. We have the electoral college. We like that's that's such a one a fucking mess. Like here's the thing, we we actually, especially in modern times, we actually have not really actually been switching directions every four years like obama was in power for eight years mm-hmm. and hillary clinton won the popular vote like mm-hmm. <laughs> like the country is clearly leaning democratic and not only that and, and, and right it's clearly leaning democratic and it was only because of the electoral college that this guy came into power and not only that which is an outdated institution that should we should get rid of by the way not only that but like the fact that like senatorial representation like you have a place like wyoming right which like norris like disrespect to our wyoming stands we love you but wyoming has like what three people and 20 cows in it and it has two senators and so does california like it has like 30 million people like that is insane and guess what most californians are left-leaning so no, the country doesn't go in a different direction because people are so indecisive. Therefore, maybe we should argue for an authoritarian like path forward. No, I'm definitely it's not more... arguing for the authoritarian government, but I think there's like a. But I yes, mean, but yeah. that's the that's the extreme 
that's the extreme conclusion mm-hmm, to to, mm-hmm. to what you're saying. I'm not saying you specifically are saying that, but I'm saying like, you know, therefore we should argue for a less democratic, I guess I should say, path forward. And it's like, no, what we're doing, it's fine. It's just that the, the, the kind of middleman institutions for the with which we're employing our democracy are fucked up. <laughs> they don't work. <laughs> I don't like, know, though, because... But the, re- the, whole, the Senate thing, that's a very fair argument. But that's been an argument, like, as long as the U.S. has been... A country because then you would have a state like Rhode Island which is literally smaller than um, I mean smaller than most huge cities and and they would get like hard they would get you know what one representative max yeah um, but that's okay I mean a, a state like Rhode Island state rights are important like states should be just as autonomous as, they, as they've always been if we end up changing senatorial representation they should still be able to do whatever the fuck they want the only difference is that Rhode Island can impact the like the decisions of, of, of a country moving forward into its future with its one million people, you know, the same way that, like, California is gonna. Like, that's so unbalanced. That's so unfair. Mm. Like, it's not my fault that you live in Rhode Island. Fuck you. So, like, <laughs> I mean, I know you love Rhode Island, but, <laughs> like, like it, it's more like, I mean, it, it's not my fault that you have some kind of inferiority complex because you live in a tiny state and you think you should have as much representation as a place like fucking California, which is like the third largest GDP in the world or something like that. Like, that's not my fault. I mean, just get over that and realize that a place like that shouldn't have as much representation as somewhere where one-tenth of the fucking country lives. Like, no! <laughs> I mean, <Anyway>. yeah. <laughs> It's fair. I just think it's it's tough because it comes down to like urban versus rural interests. And as much as I as much as I don't agree politically necessarily with people who live in more rural areas, I also think it's a fair point that the two areas are very separate. And we don't. I don't want to like because the whole point of the electoral college is making sure that folks who live in rural areas are also represented. Um, and it's true when you have like two, 10 million people who live in one place and like vote the same way. Um, and then you weigh that against one million people living like spread out across the rest of the state. Um, most times, those that one million will be um, outvoted for like governor and other things. So I mean, yeah, but it's not kind of the way democracy works. And most of your population leans one way politically, and you're working on a majority-based decision-making mechanism. Well, that's kind of how a majority decision-making mechanism works. The majority wins. Like, hello? I mean, yeah, but technically, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Technically, we live in partially a republic, right? Because we have representatives right. instead of a direct democracy where we, like, have to vote on every single proposition in our area or something. Um, but I don't know. I just... The thing is that people made arguments the opposite way when um, people just tend to change their arguments on these things once their party is being smeared. Like, let's say that rural people who lived in rural areas were mostly democrats who were very progressive and then the people who lived in cities were mostly um like opposite leaning i think it's just i just worry about partisan politics coming into like how we form our government um when that's not i don't know you know what i mean i just think that i see these arguments i see people switch places on these arguments too much um based on like what happened in the most recent election cycle I mean, I think I think my own personal experience is very anecdotal because I'm just one person. And it's not super important. I know that I, my my way of thinking is kind of constant throughout time. But I do agree with what you're saying because I do see that a lot too. So I understand how generally you would feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah. Um, sis, let me move on. <laughs> this is I just... We've been on such tangents. This, but this is a fun conversation. This is great, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say... Um, okay, so something else I wanted to touch on about the New World Order is people, when the pandemic started, were like... And actually, this thought did cross my mind because I'm a crazy person. Okay, this pandemic is going to be used to impose martial law in the U.S. Like, there were dead-ass people who are like, that's what's going to happen. It's all a farce. Mm. It's all fake. It's a facade. They're trying to keep us home. Somehow, that's going to make it easier for them to, like, uh, like exert even more power over us and blah, blah, blah. Um, something that people pointed out that I thought was super-duper interesting was... Well, actually, I mean, this is a fact. This isn't really a conspiracy theory. Is the fact that... Um, already that, that even if this wasn't to implement martial law in places it's definitely still to the benefit of a lot of very scummy people because people point out that while a lot of um um uh, like grocery stores have had to close a lot of like physical mm. retail spaces have had to close um amazon is like making fucking bank out of the pandemic and like it just totally. hired like a hundred thousand more employees to like fulfill their orders because like people are not just order everything online and like people almost wonder like oh did like jay Bezos invent coronavirus which definitely not but still a funny thought so yeah. <laughs> i mean <laughs> I mean, it's funny, like, Jet Bezos doesn't have to invent coronavirus for, for the situation to be scary. It's honestly scary mm. enough on its own that someone can be so scummy that it's like, this is my time. No, <laughs> you know, totally. when, like, people are like... And, like, not give their employees proper pay or, like, benefits. <laughs> know, or, like, medically. They're literally, like, making billions more. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Like, trust us, people. Reality surpasses fiction when it comes to just like terror yeah. so i'm gonna forge Bezos's will and kill him you can have me recorded saying that right now <laughs> wait what did you say i didn't catch that i'm gonna forge jeff Bezos's will and kill him this is on the record now <laughs> so if i go on trial i'm, I'm totally done for <laughs> but yeah i mean that that's totally something people talked about um i know that's this is something we touched on on a different episode, but like the 4G, oh, sorry, the 5G towers, like cellular towers, people thought those mm -hmm. were spreading coronavirus. Well, some people took that a step further and connected that to being like, yeah, they're spreading it because they want everyone infected. They, I, don't, I often don't know who people mean by they, but you know, they. Um, yeah. They want more people infected because um that like it's gonna kill people who can't like who don't have access to treatment or like basically like lower lower class and that's good because the new world order wants to like one depopulate the earth a little bit because there's too many people and two like leave the rest like sickly or something from like long-term effects of coronavirus even after you are cured of it and because like they'll be sickly even after they're cured you know whoever remains on the planet they'll be easily used as like slave labor and i'm like i mean here's the thing though here's the thing <laughs> the coronavirus started in china right like right. first of all if it were someone americans setting it off on purpose in china i feel like they would do it in a way so that it would stay in china to, you know, benefit America or whatever. Then, if someone in China were purposefully doing it to hurt America, I don't think they would start it in China. You know, they'd start it in America and then close China off really quickly. So, but I just think the, th the fact that it's so international 
speaks to but like sunny no mm. you're thinking about it the wrong way like things like the Bilderberg Group and the Bohemian Grove these are not just American you know mm. like corporation mm-hmm. owners and heads of state like they're they're from all over the world so so it's a new regardless. world order thing interesting exactly. I did watch so a video doesn't... about it but yeah mm? So it doesn't matter if it started in China or, or or wherever. It's it's fine by them wherever it starts as long as it's only a certain kind of people that die, i.e. people that can't get access to treatment or can't just, you know, move out of their houses in New York to, like, a state that's less populated to escape the pandemic. <laughs> um, that is really interesting and funny. I also saw a video that was – a lot. I saw a lot of comments on it talking about how if they come out with a corona vaccine, they won't take it because it's going to be, like, the mark of the beast – um yeah yeah and i like don't know what to say because i know i mean people will believe what they want to believe and that's totally fine but honestly if you're concerned about like powers taking over the world right now here's like a very a very real name that you might not have heard xi jinping who is it right (laughs) literally the the, the prime minister of, of china like just say like Okay, so the U.S. has had the top GDP in the world for the past, you know, however many years, 50 years. Um, And along with that economic power has come a lot of power in other places. And I don't think people are realized... So we're talking about a conspiracy theory with a bunch of English-speaking billionaires coming together to take over the world, right? But they actually wouldn't be able to do it without, like, some Chinese business people in the mix right now. Because China's GDP is now as high as the U.S.'s, if not beginning to surpass it. Like, we are in a a period right now where there's a transition of world power from one country to another. Um, And it's very rarely that a period like that passes without some kind of war breaking out, actually. Um, This is something else that came up in that class that I sat in on. Um, But basically, if you're trying to worry about people taking over and stuff, worry about China's totalitarian government along with huge economic power that is... I mean, I could list a bunch of examples that is literally just starting to exert influence in different parts of the world. So total rant on China from me there. I'm sorry. But it's just so funny to think about these like Western focused conspiracy theories. Like, no, a few English speaking men literally don't have the capability of taking over the world anymore. Like, honestly, they need like a translator or something. (laughs) We're just very ethnocentric and we don't really think about China. But I've definitely seen documentaries about how they basically can like face scan literally anyone from a distance on the street. And like, even if you're jaywalking, like there'll be a big, big brother voice style like thing. On, on like this on like this street that will tell you like stop jaywalking get back to the get back to the sidewalk and like your face will be shown on this huge <laughs> fucking screen on the street this is a thing this is a thing yeah. in Shanghai um yeah it's That's fucking insane. insane yeah and like your whole identity like the way you travel the way you shop eat like watch shit it's all tied to this like basically your social security number in China it's fucking mm-hmm. insane totally, you're surveilled totally. all the fucking time they're, se- so... they, they're thinking about setting up a black mirror style like social reading system too um, oh yeah totally I mean well, wait actually yeah. that's already a thing they're thinking of making it more intense but that's that's been a thing for a while and yeah. if you if you speak ill of of Jinping um uh of Xi Jinping you you you, oh, yeah. you, get, you get the police no, stickers you, at your if house you, if you just like if you just show a Winnie the Pooh sticker or something because he's been oh, yeah. compared to Winnie the Pooh a lot like you can get it, yeah. in serious trouble no it, and that's the thing like you know if there's anything to be scared of that said though I will just take a moment to note this is the Chinese government we're talking about, not the Chinese people. I think too often we'll conflate the two yeah. and like dehumanize Chinese people who are like great everyday people just trying to like live and, and be happy like anyone else. Um, who, if they do support their government, have their own reasons for doing that. This is a government that, again, has seen billions of people rise out of poverty because of the economic 
the economic development that they've seen. So when people right. in China say they're happy with the government, it's because they now have food to eat, not because they right. like support totalitarian regime. You know. So that's, also, fun that's fact, an important note. Yeah. Very true, by the way. Very valid point.、Uh, Christopher Robin, the movie, was supposed to like be released、yeah. in China, <laughs> but like the the, the the government because they censor movies, right? They were like, okay, well, you have to take out all of Winnie the Pooh from it, and Disney was like, we can't do that, so they just didn't release it in China. <laughs> so insane.、Uh, I want to leave on that note because I think it's a little cheerier than what we were talking about. I、uh, just just fun fact, yeah.、Um, but anyway. That was our episode, everyone. If you have any、uh, future episode ideas,、um, please do let us know by DMing us at Talk Scary on Instagram and Twitter, or at Scary Talk on our Facebook page. We can even do a second part of this if you want us to. There's so much to talk about.、Um, and、uh, yeah, anything else, Sunny?、Um, thanks for coming to Current Events in China Talk One One. <laughs> 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 yeah, I feel like this is、yep. just so off topic, but it was a really fun episode. Thank you all for listening. So remember、um, uh, the fuck. I mean, a couple of things. One, the Mothman is real. Two, don't eat any large meals before bed. Three, Tara Reid has been in six Sharknado movies. Four, <laughs> China is coming for、Shut、us.、Up. And five,、uh, I don't know. Fear the Bohemian Grove. Everyone, be safe out there. We love you. Thank you for listening. Good night. Good night.